There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see On WCN-TV Again and welcome to WCN TV for today. Uh, today is Wednesday, June 9th, twenty twenty one. I'm Rob Hugh, your host, and uh, welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about faith, about trusting God and stepping out in faith, and learning that God will provide for us when we take that first step of faith and just do what He calls us to do. You know, one of my favorite areas of Scripture is Proverbs three, five, and six, and uh, I've kind of tried to make that um, my kid's key verse, too. I've kind of uh, inscribed it on things Then when they graduated and put it in everything. <laughs> so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. You know, as human beings, we always want to know you know, how things are going to go, what lies ahead of us, where we're going, how we're going to get there, what we're, we're going to find when we do get there, how we're going to pay for it, you know, but our ways are not God's ways. He often calls us to a walk of faith to strengthen our faith and our trust in him. Today, we're going to be talking with Harry and Hadassah Wilkinson. Harry, Harry and Hadassah are friends of the ministry, and uh, they're usually in our studio audience, and I thank them for that because it greatly encourages me to see them there. Um, but today they are our guests. So Harry and Hadassah, you guys have a great story to tell us today. So let's hear all about it. Welcome. Well, thank you, Rob. We'll do what we can with it. Uh, the, the story is is very different. We've been told we were the, the hippies of the 90s. I don't know whether that's true or not. We didn't feel like it. We just looked like it. You did look like it. Oh, yeah, we did look like it. <laughs> uh, Spencer, you know, we said we were going to use it last, but let's use it first so you can see what the hippies of the 90s look like. Oh, that one. Oh, that's the hippies of the 90s. Well, you're pretty hip, I got to say. You know, we, we traveled for several years selling crafts out of a Native American teepee. This is a, a standard Sioux teepee. Uh, there's a long story behind it, and that's what we want to start with, is how that all got started. Uh, we were married in 1991. We just celebrated our 30th anniversary. And when we got together, you know, we, we loved the Lord from childhood. We messed our lives up. From adult, just beyond childhood. Um, I'm not sure it's a typical story of so many people. The love of the Lord never went away, but our lives really didn't necessarily show it all the time. And that's enough said on that. We'll just say that we got married in 1991. Uh, we, we came from bad places. But somehow, for some reason, and sometimes you wonder if the Lord just kind of looked at us and said, oh, for Pete's sakes, you know, let's see, let's see if 
when we get those two together, let's see if they can make anything out of themselves. And basically, we really believe that's what happened. Well, we, we, we met each other. We got, we got married. We were disgruntled with life. And we, we took a weekend trip over into Iowa. And we stumbled onto a buckskinner camp. If anybody doesn't know what a buckskinner camp is, just people going out there playing the 1800s. Growing um, up cowboys and Indians. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that, that just, it, it intrigued us. And the more we talked about it, the more we thought, you know, we could do something like that. And we decided to walk away from good jobs Back in that, those days, they were secure jobs. Uh, we just walked away. We sold, we sold everything. We bought, a, we bought a U-Haul truck. And that teepee made the clothes that we're wearing and started making Native American-style product out of bone, leather, whatever, and started traveling. Now, we didn't have a clue. Uh, what we were doing. The Lord led us into different places. And now with all that said, we need to fast forward a little over three years because that, that story of the travels is, is a book in itself that was never written. We got the notes, but <laughs> there's no way I could ever put it together. Well, you know, Harry, there's, there's a lot of people in the Bible who never really knew where they were going either. Um, you know, you look at Noah, spent his life building the ark because he had faith that God called him to do it. He might have known what was coming, but he likely had no idea where he was going. And Abraham left home, had no idea where he was going. The Israelites, when they left Egypt, they didn't know what they were headed for, you know. So you're you're among uh, good company there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's assuring, I guess. <laughs> Reassuring. <laughs> and well, you did what a lot of people would love to do, but just don't ever do it. Oh, we heard that so many times. I'd love to do that. We told them, well, all you got to do is sell everything, give up what you have, and leave. You know, mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Well, those, those three years of traveling, we saw many, many situations, many good ones, some serious bad ones. Uh, we knew what life on the road was like because we'd lived on the road. We, you know, we lived off of what we made, and that didn't buy hotels. That that just didn't happen. That bought gas and paid expenses. So you know, we lived literally on the road. Uh, we saw, you know, like I said, we saw some dangerous situations that could have been a lot worse, but the Lord never let it go altogether bad. He just let us know that they were bad. So. We, we spent winters in Arizona, mostly in Arizona, but uh, Tennessee. This last one was in Tennessee. This is where the walk started. And that's what we want to talk about is what happened on the walk. Oh, uh, you put the map You up. actually walked across the country, didn't you? Yes. yes. Partway. Partway. That's Part, well, partway, yeah. You know, the, from, from Illinois to New Mexico. Right, up in the, the northeast corner, it started in Dixon, Illinois, and down the southwest corner, ended up in Alamogordo, New Mexico. It's 1,500 miles. Uh, and when we were in Tennessee, set up for the winter, permanent, uh, selling, still selling, but you know, not traveling. There was a road that was, oh, I don't know, three or 400 feet on one side of us looped around and came out three or 400 feet on the other side of us. But we walked it one day, it was just a mile around, and we started walking that every morning just to, to get ourselves going, get some exercise for the day before we set up to sell. Now, this was real early spring. In spring in Tennessee, things start blooming, and it's pretty, and it smells good. And, you know, this was all back road. I mean, you know, the, there, there wasn't houses or anything. This is just a back road. Well, one morning as we were getting back, my wife says, you know, it would be neat 
<laughs> It'd be neat to walk across this country and see what it really looks like. Now, we traveled back and forth across the country several times during those three years. But when you're traveling, you drive down the highway and so much you miss. But what she said stuck with us. And we started thinking about that. We couldn't get it off our minds. And we started figuring out how we could support ourselves while we were doing it because you're out there with nothing. Uh, and then reality hit. And we knew what it was like because we'd been out there for three years. We knew how dangerous it was. We had a truck, relatively safe safety of a truck. Uh, and now we're just going to walk? You know, that's insane. And it is insane. Um, so we put it out of our mind and went about our life. And then something would come up and a, the whole topic would come up again. We couldn't get it out of our heads. It just it would not leave. And my folks lived on a, a, a farm. You know, they were renting the, the, the building, the, the home and the buildings uh, up in Genoa, up in northern Illinois, not far from Dixon. And we went up there the summer before to help them through the summer because my dad had gotten quite sick. And we were going to go back up there again to help again this summer. Now, we're talking late spring in Tennessee. And when we got back up into Illinois and we got set up at the farm, this idea still wouldn't leave. We couldn't get rid of it. Um, and I got to cut some of this out because we talk forever on this. Um, we, we ended up going to a, to a church. Now, now, this is where the Lord really started stepping in and we could see what he was doing. The, the church that we were going to had some kind of something going on in the park too far from where we were and we couldn't get to it. So we decided <coughs> uh, to, to go to another church of a friend Sunday evening. Well, it's in a little bitty town, I mean, really little town. And when we got there, there was nobody there. We thought, well, okay, we blew that one. And we sat there depending what to do, and some other friends pulled in. I think 200. I, while we were sitting there, we I suddenly remembered that our friend had told us that they weren't doing services on Sunday evening, only in the morning. So then. Yeah. So there was no scheduled plan at all for a service. And we knew it and forgot well, while we were sitting there, our friend pulled in alongside us, and then some other cars pulled in, and we talked to them, and they said, well, the pastor who was, had, this is a secondary church, and his main church was about 40 miles from there, and he just came there on Sunday morning to, to preach a service. Uh, the pastor decided that he needed to, to pray with the people of the church for whatever need they may have. He just felt impressed that he had to do that. <clears throat> so that was the reason all of a sudden they, they had a meeting that night. Well, we decided, we, you know, we didn't know these people. They had one family we knew, and that was it. But we decided we'd go on in and just kind of sit at the back of the church. And one by one, the people went up, and the pastor and his wife prayed for him. And when I got to the end of the line, I told Hadassah, I said, you know, we, we, really, we really need to go up. No, I mean, nobody knew what was, had been going through our head about walking across the country. We didn't share that. Uh, people thought we were weird anyway. <laughs> and so we went up, and all I told the pastor was that we had to make a decision about something that was pressing and just needed to make a decision. That was it. Well, they started praying, and... He came out with the scripture, and I don't have to quote the scripture exactly, but it says that I never send my children out, but what I go before them to prepare the way. And that was, <laughs> that, that was what he said, and that, that, was, that was the end of it. We knew good and well that the Lord was in it, and we had no choice. We give up our, our fight with him because we did argue with God. Don't, don't, don't do that because you won't win. But we argue with God, and he won. Uh, this was in June. As we argued with the Lord, one morning I said, Lord, we live off what we sell. We're not going to be able to sell. What, how, you know, how are we going to make it? What are we going to do? He spoke into my spirit and he said, 
You just stand back and watch me provide. So. And that's what this is about. <laughs> um, I've I've tried. I have tried arguing with him too. <laughs> doesn't work, does it, Rob? <laughs> You're better off trying to argue with your wife. Uh, <laughs> You're still not going to win, but you're definitely not going to win this way. Well, you know, this is in June. My, my parents had put in an application for a a, a, a senior apartment. Senior apartment, and they were told that it was months away because the long list was long. Well, wouldn't you know that within a few days they got a phone call that said the apartment's ready. You want it? All those months just disappeared, and mm. they had an apartment, and we were free. Um, they didn't need our help. So we decided in our own wisdom, again, that we would get ourselves in shape for something we knew would be very difficult, and we would do it the next summer. And now this is, this is in June. The 4th of July, within a month, we, were, we left on that walk. The Lord started putting everything in place. He, he sent us equipment we needed from a company in Florida, free gratis. The guy just says, sounds interesting. You know, I'll tell people where you got this equipment. Uh, just one thing after another fell in place. God just provided everything. So we left the 4th of July. Green is grass. We had no idea what we were doing and no idea where we were going. God never told us where we were going. He just said, walk. That's all he told us. Just leave. And that's that's what is really strange about it because, well, we didn't know where we were going. Just had no idea. Uh, the, only, the only decision I made out of the whole thing, really, at that point was we're going south. Winter's coming. Uh, Rob, I wasn't going up into your country. Yeah. No. Personal. <laughs> that, you know, that just didn't feel nice right. up here in July. <laughs> yeah. The winter's coming. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so we got started on it, and day after day, the Lord the Lord gave us what we needed. Uh, the, the money, you know, like Hadassah said, you know, the Lord the Lord told her, just sit back and watch me provide. Well, have you got the, the, the picture of the cart, Spencer? Yeah, that one. There we are. There we, we are. Those two. You know, you. you know, and that, that little dog went with us. You know, he he walked every bit of it. Hmm. But that that's the that's what we look like walking along the highway. Now, typically people don't stop for someone that looks that way. Um, but people did. And they, they give us five dollars, they give us a, some water, they, they give us a can of pop. Uh, and most of the days we were out there, it was between 90 and 100 degrees, you know, until late in fall. So, it, you know, it was, it was really hard. And we, there's no way we could have done it without the Lord providing all these things. And that, that whole trip had, well, if you're familiar with the story of Elijah, the ravens fed us more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and I won't say the Christians weren't there. There were some that stopped by, but for the most part, it was people, some pretty rough characters, would stop and offer some kind of help. Uh, Sometimes it was food. Sometimes it was water. Sometimes it was $10. Uh, Did you have have an opportunity to witness to those folks? Well, not, not in length by any means, but they certainly got prayed for. And, you know, mm-hmm. we tell them, Lord bless you, we thank you for it, and we pray for them. Uh, there was one man that we got to witness to, well, one in particular over a long weekend, uh, that was really, well, that was a good, a, a good story, but I'll get to that one. He's further down the road. He's over in Kansas. Uh, well, about, well, probably three or four days after we left, you know, we just started heading south, and and my my wife's legs started going bad, you know, from shin splints. Now we had no idea about shin splints. I'd never heard of shin splints. Uh, we found out later it's the buildup of lactic acid due to exercise. 
Uh, athletes, runners, everybody experiences it. You know, and it it can be very serious. It can be so bad that it will actually crack the bones. You know, in the mm-hmm. lower part of the leg. It's painful. It's extremely painful. Mine didn't start until probably a week after hers, but it it was it was really really bad. <laughs> uh, when we got you know, every night, we would hide somewhere. Uh, we didn't have the funds to go to, to a hotel. I mean, you know, now we're really on the road, and we would get behind a, abandoned buildings or at the edge of a cornfield, something just to, to get out of sight. And, you know, we had a tent with us that we pitched And this one town that was still in Illinois that we went through, you know, if we go through a lot of little towns and if we had the opportunity, we would ask if there was some place that, that we could camp. And I went into this one little city hall and asked the woman in there. And she says, well, I don't know. I'll call the mayor. So, he, she called the mayor, and the mayor just told him, no, there's no place. Okay. So we started walking again. Well, it's just a few minutes, and here comes the mayor. Uh, he got to feeling guilty about turning away somebody that needed help. So he had made a phone call to a, a church that had some property at the edge of town and got permission for us to, to stay there. Well, I got in the car with him and he drove me out there and he was asking all kinds of questions about why we were doing what we're doing. Uh, and I was telling him some, some of the things that the Lord had done for us about provision along the way. And he came right out and he said, I don't believe it. I go, okay, you know, that's up to you. Well, coming back from where he showed us back to where Hadassah was, he was talking some more, and I said, well, you know, stop and think about what you don't believe. I said, think about this. You just created an answer to a big problem that we have for tonight, so you're part of our answer, too. God used you, too. And he got the strange look on his face. Just all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah, you know, somebody that doesn't believe at all was part of the answer. And that's that's the type of people that reached out to us, Um uh, they're you know good good hearts, good people, but at the same time, not a lot of faith. Uh, as we got closer, you veering off. I thought maybe they want to know what we did about our shin splints. Oh yeah, well, no, I'll just get into the shin splints. Oh okay. <laughs> you because know, well, I answer- wanted to interject yeah. too. When we started out, the first people who stopped and handed us money. That was very humbling. Yeah. I wanted so much to say, no, 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 that's okay. We don't we don't need your money. We're not bums out here. And the Lord kind of tapped me on the shoulder and he said, Oh yes, you do need their money. This is my provision for you. And so I learned to say, Thank you, Lord bless you, and pray for every one of them. Okay. Hey, they'll they'll we had planned on crossing the river at Quincy, um, Quincy, Illinois, <coughs> crossing the Mississippi. <coughs> and there, there was a friend of, of one of our boys that lives there, and he said, well, when you get there, give us a call, and we'll get you across the river because there's no way to walk across it. You know, there's no walk, walk bridge there. Um, I, our shin splints were really, really, really bad. And you were still in Illinois. We were still in Illinois. Oh. How, far, how far had you gone? Uh, right at 200 miles. Oh, wow. Well, Hannibal, Missouri, I believe, is just over 200 miles from here. And we, we gave him a call. He came and got us. Uh, got us across the river, put us up for the weekend. Uh, and... <laughs> It was nice to be in air conditioning and a bath and everything. You know, you know the, the water we carried during the day would turn into bath water at night just from the heat. Uh, so, you know, we were able to stay clean. You know, we were never dirty. I mean, we were dusty. Our clothes were dirty. You know, we, we wore some when we could and was very seldom. But at least we had water to stay clean. You know, 
You can't tell in that picture you're looking at right now, but really, really. <laughs> oh, I don't think we look so bad. <laughs> but, you know, the, 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 the young couple that took us in and took care of us over the weekend had family on into Missouri, you know, I don't know what it was, 20 miles. Uh, and they wanted us to spend time with them. They put a picnic together. Well, when we got to their house, one of the young guys that was there knew what shin splints were. You know, you know, he was an athlete. And he took a look at my wife's legs. He said, why are you walking? People with legs like that should be, if not in the hospital, they should at least be in bed. Well, yeah. you should at least have put her in the cart, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Thanks a lot, At least Rob. put her in the cart. Thanks what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You know, take a look at the cart. There was no room. <laughs> uh, you know, the cart actually weighed 270 pounds on a scales, weighed 270 yeah. pounds. But, you know, this young man, and this is one of the biggest blessings God gave us along the way, told us how to get rid of shin splints. It was so simple. Um, it's just a matter of hooking your toes under something and lifting up to put pressure on that for the front part of your leg, and it forces the lactic acid out. Uh, take, it took a few days, but the relief was almost immediate. And within a few days, my leg, the, the legs were good enough that we could pretty well walk. But, you know, something that, that people think, and we heard this a lot about getting in shape and, and being able to, to make this walk. And out of our own ignorance, we thought the same way that you know, we're going to get in shape. And this, you know, this isn't going to be hard at all. You walk through the pain. The pain never goes away. Oh, there's this straight determination. But Hannibal, Missouri is where the, the choice was really made because by that time we'd, we'd seen many things oh, that I skipped over in this oh, that told us, told anybody in their right mind that they should just turn around and go back. Because other than immediate family, no one really knew what was going on. That those couple friends that helped us put things together at the last minute, but nobody really knew what was going on. And we could have turned around and went back and nobody ever would have blamed us, but we had seen God do so many things in so many different ways, including help from an angel um, that there's just, we couldn't go back. It would have been telling God, we don't trust you after we saw him do all these things for us already. And so, and, and we made that choice. Each of us made that same choice by ourselves without talking to each other. Uh, it had to be a choice that she had to make and I had to make. You did ask me. You said, do you want, do you want to go back? Because yeah. he knew how bad my legs were. He said, do you want to go back? No one would blame us if we did. I knew in my heart and in my spirit. I said, no, we have to do this. I didn't care if I had to do it on crutches. We mm. had to do that walk. You know, and at this point, we still didn't know where we were going. We were just going. But it wasn't too long after that, the, the Lord actually let us know it was going to be Alabama, Gordon, New Mexico. Uh, we, had, we had been there long before this. And it was a place that we always wanted to go back to. I just never dreamt we were going to be walking to get there. <laughs> that, that wasn't in the plan. Hmm. But... As we got on across Missouri, as we got on across Missouri, uh, things things led up a little bit as far as being able to find places to stay. Except that <laughs> when when you're in Illinois, you got cornfields. When you get out into Missouri, you got Milo. Now Milo is dwarf corn. If you look at it that way, uh, extremely short. And if you needed to get off the road to relieve yourself, you, you couldn't totally get out of sight. <laughs> <laughs> Got the picture? You could be hidden, but your head would be sticking out. <laughs> oh, you know, believe me, we won the Golden Shovel Award going across country. Mm, yeah. Oh. Uh, but when we got over across Missouri, you got to the Missouri River. Uh, that was another major obstacle because four-lane highways are hard to walk. And we, we were able to stay off of them 
almost all the time. There was only one really longer stretch that we had to walk a four lane. But going into to uh, Kansas, the the last I wish I could remember for sure, but it had to be like 15, 20 miles of four lane highway. Now we averaged ten miles a day walking. Oh, you know, over this whole thing, 26 miles are our longest day and a mile was our shortest, but it averaged 10 miles a day. And when we, when we got outside of, uh, can't think of the name of the town on the border, but just before we hit this four lane, we, you know, that night we, we prayed that we could have a way across. And there, there was, we knew it was going to be a truck stop coming up and we had planned on staying at that truck stop and started making phone calls to churches to see if we could get somebody that would, that would help us out. Well, that next day we, we got to this one little town and went in to get some supplies. And on the way back out of town, now, now, now we stopped and rested and we, we never stopped and rested twice in one day. You know, like this, you know, we'd rest and by the end of the day, you know, we'd stop again. Well, as we were leaving town, which is a ways off the highway, uh, there, there was a little convenience store. And we stopped and we got something cold to drink and we sat down on the curb. And this young man walks around the corner. And he wanted to know if he could give us a ride. I looked at him and said, well, does that get us across the river? And he says, sure. Now, this man had been watching us for a couple of days out on the highway. He, he was driving a, a, a cargo van. Uh, it was a delivery driver for somebody. And he'd been watching us. And he walked up. Now, we just prayed the night before that, that, that we could get a ride. But the point I want to make sure I get across is God knows what our needs are. He provided for us. We, we, we never had to stop and ask for anything. We always had what we needed. And this was, this was huge. He put in this man's heart to offer us the ride that we needed before, before we ever asked. Uh, now, we had asked the Lord about it the night before, but he'd already planned on doing just exactly what he did. He said he was going to stop us on the road and see if we wanted to ride. He got us all the way across that four-lane highway through a major city out on the other side of the river, and God God did it. He just plain provided what we needed before we ever knew we had a need. He knows what we need before we ask. That's right. We need to take a break here, um, and we will continue this journey in about two minutes. This is Leighton Howerton for Tin Cup Ministries. Well, I'm out at the old barn, the stables, a very fitting place for an old mule like me at the Angel Theater Ranch here in Montana. And I'm grateful to the Stevens for allowing me to be here and at their theater to work, record out of, and take a respite from, to really focus in on what God's doing in the ministry. One of the things that God's been up to in the ministry is that over the years, I've had the privilege of writing stories and articles for different publications throughout the country. And presently, I'm writing as a monthly contributor for the Wisconsin Christian News. It's an incredible newspaper with a very gifted and loving and kind editor and publisher by the name of Rob Pugh. I love Rob. He's given me this great honor by sharing some of my insights from the road as I travel in ministry around the country each month. I finished one yesterday for him. I want you to know something. If you will go check out wisconsinchristiannews.com, you'll be able to read some of the finest material you've ever laid your eyes on, and I hope that your mind and your heart will receive all the fine, fine words that the writers, the contributing writers there, are in every month to help you in your walk. It is a definite plus to your life. It's a newspaper that talks about real issues, things that we need to not only deal with, but be actively involved with that are going on in our society today. So I would encourage you to check it out. Once again, that's the WisconsinChristianNews.com. That's their site, and you can find out all the information about their ministry there. 
You know, as a storyteller, I realize every one of us has a story. But it's not just our story. It's God's story. So let me encourage you today to share your story because of that reason. God wants your story to come to life because it's part of his grand story. And all the things that go on in this world, there are folks that need to know and need to experience the life story that you have. Because let me tell you something. It's God's great love story, not just for us, but for everyone. For he wants and desires everyone to come to know real life, true life, eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. Guys, I'm going to mule up here in a minute and get on with my day. I encourage you to do so too. Check it out, wisconsinchristiannews.com. Alrighty, we are uh, back with WCN-TV for today, and we have Harry and Hadassah uh, Wilkinson telling us their story um, of their journey from Illinois to New Mexico, and they did it by walking. Uh, so, Harry, let's get back into it. Tell us about God's provision in um, Kansas. In Kansas, right. There you we, go. You know, we, we had just crossed the, the Missouri River and got into Kansas, um, and I, I know most of my life, I've heard that Kansas is flat. Kansas is flat. They're lying. Kansas ain't flat. They never walked it. Yeah. You know, if you walk Kansas, you'll find out it's, it's not flat. Um, there, there were, you know, there was, oh, there's just so many different things that happened. You know, we, we, had, we had stopped at, at this one town and, we're sitting at a outside of a convenience store. Now the way we were dressed with the cart we we have with the dog we have with us, we couldn't both go into any store together at any time. So one of us would go in and the other one wait. And when when food food would start running short, you know, we would have to get in somewhere. Oh uh, I I have a physical issue that if I don't eat pretty regular my I, I don't know what it is but I, I I get so weak and shaky I can't stand up um, so food was food was critical and our little dog Shiloh uh, he shared his food with me from time to time now, that's not necessarily that's, that's good I thought you were going to say he started looking pretty tasty oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no more. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Okay, all right. My wife would have killed me for sure. <laughs> the dog food, while it's not particularly palatable, it is digestible, and it is nutritious, as long as you get something with high protein. But we, we stopped at this one convenience store, and while we were sitting there resting, a woman came out of the store, and she asked if we wanted some food. Well. We don't have the money for that in particular. We we ate sandwiches mainly. Uh, and she said, well, we have a whole lot of food on the warmer oven that we have to throw away. Would you like to have it? Sure. Uh, they, they loaded us up with two huge meals. We went to a park and sat and had one of the best meals we had in a long time. But again, God provided what we needed and when we needed it. Uh, we didn't go in there and ask for anything. Then you know that was the way he did it all all along the line. Well, out in Kansas, this one particular place that we stopped. Um, no, no, we're, we 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 met an alcoholic, a, a very friendly alcoholic. Uh, he he lived in town. He was a farmer, and he lived in town. And we befriended him, uh, helped him out some. And helped him get home. And by doing that, his his family adopted us for the weekend. Uh, they, they they put together a huge family picnic, brought it down to the, you know, there was a real nice park in this town that we were able to stay at. And they, they, they put together a great big picnic, brought it in, brought the whole family around, and we sat and visited for a couple of days. And... Again, this is, you know, this is not one of those life's lessons that 
people hopefully hopefully they'll understand. We 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 talked to several people and told them all about. I mean, witnessed that for those days, you know, we witnessed to these people about what God had done. And just before we left, there was two two of the women came back that we had never talked to. They they were just kind of in the background. Um, and the one told us, you know, because of what we've done and what we shared with everybody else, that she decided that the Bible really is true and she's going to mm. start going back to church. Mm. You know, people watch what you do. They, they, you know, you don't have to witness to them one-on-one. Your life is going to witness to them. Yeah, uh, right. And this was, this was just somebody that was listening to everything we said. And it made enough of an impression on her. I, I hope, I hope and pray she's still there. Oh. I hope he got deliverance. Yeah. As we, I don't remember what, how we talked with him, how we were able to witness to him anymore. But I just hope that something stuck. Faith, you know, on through Kansas to Kinsley, Kansas. Now, Kinsley, Kansas is another one of those places that, <laughs> well, drive through town, don't slow down. How's that? Uh, they, they were real friendly. Uh, there, there was a, a, a family, well, it wasn't necessarily family. The, the, the wife was in charge of a, a museum at the edge of town in this park that we stayed at. Uh, and the husband, I'm not going to tell you what faith they were, but they were of a faith that that the the best, fastest way to get to somebody to convert them is through their stomach. And that's exactly what they did for that whole weekend. They they fed us, they 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 man, they, they provided for us fantastic. And we witnessed to them for that whole weekend. Now they witnessed to us too. Oh I mean they really drove it home. <laughs> And in the end, I, I, I took the man's Bible and read him a verse out of the Bible that says, uh, we already have a high priest in Christ Jesus, and we don't need an earthly high priest. Uh, I don't know. I, I doubt that we converted him, but I know we gave him a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while we were there that weekend, and we were in some very deep discussions with him, one morning, just before dawn, now we were in our tent under a tree, trash can sitting beside us under a tree. Uh, a huge, huge wind came up. Tornado strength. Yeah, you know, tornado strength. Tor- our tent poles. It, it, you know, we had our, our flap tied out and staked down. It pulled those stakes out, put them through the tent over our heads, busted the, the poles. Now, this wasn't a cheap tent. This is a good dome tent. Uh, the only thing that kept the, the tent from coming in on top of us was that the tent was big enough to put our cart in also, and then it landed on top of our cart. Well, when the wind quit, and the, you know, it was just breaking light, we went out to take a look to see what was going on. And we looked around, and one of those things that don't hit you right away, you look at what it just did to you. It destroyed what we had. And then we realized the garbage can, it wasn't 10 feet away from us, it's standing upright. The leaves are on the trees. There's no twigs on the ground. Nothing was touched but our tent. Hmm. It was Nothing. Oh. Well, you were in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. You know, those are those are local tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that, even the, the Lord made that turn around to good. I, you know, I mm-hmm. called the company that we bought it from, which was Bass Pro. Uh, called them, told them what happened, and they asked what we had, what we were doing. And I told them. They said, "Well, you got the wrong tent." I said, "What do you mean?" You know, and he said, "Well, this is the one you should have. Well, for twenty dollars more, we could have had the better tent. I think it still would have destroyed it. But the point, the point is, God made use out of what was destroyed by whoever destroyed it. Kansas 
windstorm. <laughs> and within a couple of days, we had brand new equipment, better than what we had before. But God took something that was really bad and turned it around. Hmm. Now, when we left town, that same the same day that we left town, just as though to have one last shot, uh, what I thought at the time was was, uh, was a real deep internal blister on my left foot that broke, and it put me on the ground. Uh, today, I understand it to be a, a stress fracture, but we were well, we were close to nine hundred miles away from where we needed to be at the end, and I couldn't walk. Uh, well, I can't say I couldn't walk because I did, but boy, was it painful. But I always felt it was just one last shot that Satan got at me, you know, before, before we got away from there. And, it, you know, it, well, even to this day, it's still trouble for me. The, the moccasins I make, I can't wear because of it. I got to have something solid under my foot. Okay, I'll, oh, we don't have much time. I'll go on through Kansas. Now, Kansas, you know, we were we, we stayed the two-lane roads and in small towns, and there was one one stretch that we that we came into that was they had a interstate running east and west. We were traveling south at the time, and the interstate was running east and west. Well. It was real strange. It was a good 20 miles before we got to, to the interstate. Attitudes of people changed. And you know, people that were wanting to help and reach out and help were really hesitant. Uh, they, they treated us like a couple of road bums. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> and we got to the town where the interstate was, got across the interstate, and it was a good 20 miles the other side of the interstate people started getting friendly again. Now, I don't know what, what it had to do with, but the only change in it all was that interstate. It was just one of those strange things. Hmm. We, we uh, came up to the Saline River, and it was, it was uh, well, it was about four miles down, all downhill, down to the river bottom, and then another, a little better than four miles back out. Now, we had an odometer on the cart, so I, you know, the mileage I'm giving you, I know, was accurate. Um, and going downhill is much, much, much harder than going uphill, whether you're walking or whether you're pulling this cart. Um, it just puts strain on your muscles and, entire, and joints in an entirely different way. And we had four miles of it going downhill. But we stopped at the top of this hill got something to eat, got started down the hill. And we weren't maybe halfway down the hill, real light traffic. And this, this little sports car convertible coming up the hill and we were walking into traffic. So he was the same side of the road we were. He uh, coming up the hill and he's moving pretty good clip and got just past us. He hit his brakes and we turned around and looked and he turned around in the middle of the highway and he came back and he went past us turned around, coming back at us again, and stopped right beside us. And he handed us this, this box. He says, I have no idea why, but I've just bought two dinners. I don't want two dinners. You want this? Hmm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Lord bless you. Thank you. And we got to the bottom down at the river, and we ate it. Now, all it was, as I recall, was a couple of pieces of chicken, and a biscuit or something. I mean, you know, this wasn't a meal. This was this was fast food. But we ate that. We started back up the hill, a little over four miles back out. And this was not a shallow hill. This was a pretty good climb. Walked all the way back out on the strength of what God provided in those chicken strips that this guy had no idea why he bought them. I just feel you know, that's that's the kind of thing that God did constantly on this trip. Oh, when you met the angel? Yeah, yeah. We got ten minutes yet. I've got to tell you about this angel. Now, we every every county you cross, every county line you cross, 
the, the police will stop and see who you are, which is good. Now you know who I am. I know who you are. You know why we're here. Um, well, this, this, now this one happened to be state police instead of county. <clears throat> we were sitting at the, at the bottom of another long hill and just getting some rest before we started up it. And this police car pulled off the road Oh, and he hollers out the window. He says, you Wilkinson? <laughs> That's the first time they did that to me. And I got up and I walked over and I said, yeah, I am. Why? I said, how do you know? He said, well, I heard your name on the radio last night. That was, we were, somebody else had checked us out the night before. Well, he, he went through with the whole rigmarole of checking us out, see, see what we were doing. And I asked him, about a place to stay. Now the police cannot tell you where you can stay because that's would be illegal. But if you word it right, uh, they'll give you an answer. Now where we were at the particular time, it was illegal to stay to, you can rest in a rest area, but you can't rest for very long in a rest area. Can't you can't spend the night. Um, and he, he told me, well, just over the top of the hill, about a mile beyond is a rest area. You can spend the night there. Now, this is the state police. Uh, really? Okay. Well, he left. He only got just a short distance away. And he turned and went down the gravel road. And the dust was flying. And all of a sudden, there's no dust. Oh, okay. Well, we get to this campground or rest area. And knowing we weren't supposed to be there, we, you know, there's a slope to it. And we, we went down over the slope a little ways behind a picnic table and just threw a tarp out on the ground and we didn't set the tent. And while we were there, uh, a state police car pulls in. Uh, oh, great. Now, and then shortly after that, a county car pulled in and the two sat there and talked. Now, they knew we were there. So the county the county car left, the state police stayed. So I said, well, I might as well just go up and we'll just bite the bullet. I'm going to go talk to him. I got up there and he was curious. You know, well, how'd you get here? We told him. <laughs> he thought we were nuts. We're walking. And I told him, you know, that uh, we'd seen a, a state police and they told us we could spend the night. And he got this really nasty, mean look on his face. And he says, I don't know you. I've never seen you. I'm the police here. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and I wasn't about to tell the man that the, the policeman that I saw wasn't of the same color as he was. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would have been right assault in a bad wound. Uh, I said, oh, okay. Now, again. But he did let us stay. He did let us stay. Uh, so... To this day, I, I will I will tell anybody that the first one that we saw was an angel. And for whatever reason, wherever, I mean, we wouldn't have stayed there. Undoubtedly, would not have stayed there. We would have found some place to stay, and there would have been trouble. But we were given a place. The Lord made it good again. Um, you know, Spencer, the, the, the sign for Oklahoma. Oh. Uh, now, just before you cross into Oklahoma, you, you go through liberal Kansas. Now, I don't have a picture of Dorothy's house, but that's where mm-hmm. Dorothy's house is. And probably just as well, because it doesn't look anything like it does in the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> other than it does have a yellow brick road. But as we cross the Oklahoma line, now this is about 700 miles from Alamogordo, over 700 miles from when we left. So at this point, we, we walked about 700 miles with a ride here and there, as the Lord had provided. Um, but we, we, we had recorded that, that many miles and still had that many to go. We got just across the state line a very short distance. And the Lord told me as much as I'm sitting here talking that the walk is over. <laughs> Oh, gee, thanks, Lord. Yeah, yeah, gee, thanks. Yeah. Uh, that is the middle of nowhere. I, 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 I guarantee you. Uh, and it, I asked him why. And he says, 
because you were willing to, and it's done. And I'm going to send rides along. I thought he said two rides. Okay. <laughs> well, we walk, now, just, just into Oklahoma, another state policeman stopped us and went, went through the whole thing. And actually, this is the first one that ever wrote up a ticket. A, 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 it wasn't really a ticket, but it would have been the same thing had he marked a couple other slots on it that proved who he had talked to was what he told us. Okay, then he gave me a copy of it. We got into the next little town, and there was no place to stay. And this is flat open country. Like this picture, this is flat open country. And there was no place to to get out of sight. And we had stopped at a a convenience store and was talking to them in there. And they told us, "I'm, I'm sorry, you know, the town will not let you stay. And there's just nothing around. Well, there was a couple in there that had a pickup truck and they, they overheard the conversation. So as I left, so did they. And they said, well, why don't you just put your stuff in the car and we'll take you to Guyman, Oklahoma, which was a long ways down the road. Oh, uh, okay. So we got there. Now, now this policeman had told us that, that there was a, that there was a park in Guyman that we could stay at. And the, the local state police headquarters was right at that park, right beside it. Well, that was great. And this guy took us to Guyman, Oklahoma and dropped us off at this park. And this is really neat because you know, it was first class. It, you know, it had showers even. <laughs> Most times you could use one. Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. And we, so the Lord, the Lord provided a ride. We got in ahead of a storm. It was starting to sprinkle while, while we were in the truck. I was in the back of the truck. My wife got to ride up front for some reason. Uh, and we got there in a huge storm hit, a uh, Kansas-type storm in Oklahoma. And But we were able to get into this, this shower room building, and we just waited till the storm pretty well quit. It never really quit. So we finally gave up, went down, and set our, set our tent in the rain. <coughs> and we were there for the weekend. Uh, and it, it, it just rained all weekend. I, we we were in a safe place. We could stay pretty well dry. And had we been on the road, that, that would have been the roughest one yet. But again, God provided something that was, well, let's we'll finish this. I'll show you how he provided it. The, we were going to leave the next day. Well, in the middle of the night, here's the flashlight on our tent. And some guy calling to us from outside. He's the local police. Now, we've already been there for two nights, days and nights, in a park that we found out you can't stay at. Uh, and he explained to us, you can't be here. And I said, well, we got a state policeman that told us we can. I you know, misunderstanding. Well, I went out and talked to him. He said, well, bring me the paper. So I took it out and I gave it to him. I said, the state police was there. He signed it. That Because he signed it, because he wrote it up, we got out of trouble. You know, otherwise, we would have been in trouble in that place. Hmm. But God took care of that one. We left. You know, we went ahead and left that day. Well, Harry, we're down to about a minute and a half. So yeah, you're going to have to condense us and get us to New Mexico. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, man. We have a long <laughs> ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's just leave it this way. Uh, the, the, the point of all of this that, that we hope that you get is that God knows what we need. He, he changed us over these years between the road and the walk. He changed us from nominal Christians with a belief, but he, he put a faith in us that nobody ever, ever is going to shake. He did things for us that, that just, uh, we could talk. This is an hour, and I didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if people, if people can just understand God takes care of us. God provides for us every day, even now. I rely on him so heavily um, because I, I have a handicap um, for little things even. But, you know, that was the only time in my life that I walked directly under the per- umbrella yes. of God's provision and protection. That's and just so obviously, so intensely guided and, and cared for. 
That's how we, very special ways. That's how we wanted to end this. When we got into to Alamogordo, New Mexico, uh, we sat down in a convenience store. And all of a sudden, it hit both of us. That, that protection, that provision, that guidance was all of a sudden lifted. That gift of faith. We have the gift when we need it. And all of a sudden, all of that was gone. We felt like and, homeless people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how we felt. Mm. Just, you know, it was a very, very strange sensation. Just all of a sudden, it was lifted. That type of help. Not that we, not that we didn't have help, but that, that dedicated protection that we had all that time. Well, and that's, that's, the, that's what the testimony and the story is all about, folks. You take that first step. A lot of people are going to try to argue with God and say it's impossible, but uh, here's two folks that will tell you otherwise. God does take care of you. Knows your needs before you even ask. Harry and Ed Asa, we'll we'll see you next time on the show. Thank you for joining us, folks. Thanks for having. Thanks for having us, Rob. Yep, we'll we'll see you soon. God bless. 